0: We're going to study tonight, winning the battle with worry. Winning the battle with worry. How many of y'all have ever worried before? How many of y'all do it on a regular basis? Yeah, we're going to stop doing that. We're going to stop doing that. Worry is is like a rocking chair. It'll give you something to do, but it won't take you nowhere. Amen? Worry, worry, worry. This is going to be a really, really good lesson. You're going to learn some stuff. I learned some stuff that was an encouragement to me. But I need you to pray for me. How many of y'all will pray for me during this lesson? All right, because if you pray for me, then I'll be able to help you. Amen? So, anybody need a lesson, I promise you this is the one to take notes on. You will take this. This is going to be very, very practical, okay? I'm going to give you three steps to overcome worry that you can do every single day of your life. So, you need the lesson. You need the notes, okay? Raise your hand if you do not have the notes. They're going to run around and make sure you get them, whoever's got them. All right. We got some more there. All right, pass them around. All right, Griggs, anybody else right here? Uh, I think there's some in the back back there too, William, on the very back over there. All right, make sure everybody's got them. You got them up top? I can't see up top. You got them up top? You need one? All right, there we go. There we go. There we go. All right. All right. Did you get the one in the back? I think there was a hand. They got that one. Okay. All right. All right, good. Church, say amen. amen. Philippians chapter number 4 and verse number 1. Let's just start there and begin. As soon as I catch my breath. Amen. Woo, i got to get back in shape. Amen. Here we go. Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and long for my joy and crown. So stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech Yodius and I beseech Syntyche, that they be of the same mind in the Lord. These were two different women. Uh, that had two different factions going on in the church. They were squabbling and fighting, and and it doesn't really say what their issues were. It just said they had an issue. Uh, Isn't it it comforting to know that they had problems back then too? This is not, you know, church problems is not a new thing. People not getting along is not a new thing. Paul had to deal with it back then. Then he says in verse 3, And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, Help those women which labor with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord Always. always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the... The peace of God, the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Think on these things those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, what's that word? Do. Do. And the God of peace shall be with you. Now the first thing we read was the peace of God. And now he said the God of peace. Now I'm fairly confident that I'm not going to be able to get to that part tonight, but it's going to be good when we get there. And all God's people say it. Here's what we got tonight. I gave y'all an outline because that's what I worked up and, 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 and got together and, and was focusing on. And then I went back and was trying to refresh my mind and get some more just clarity of what I'm, I'm doing. And I got a whole nother page for the introduction that y'all don't have. But it's good. So. We're going to get done what we can get done, and, and hopefully if we get to the first page, we'll get to the first page. But I promise you this, we serve a great God. Amen. And we serve a God who is concerned about how we feel. He's concerned about what we're going through. He's concerned about our cares. He's concerned about our worries. We have a Father in heaven who does not want his children to walk around in a worried state, an anxious state. Somebody say amen. Amen. And we ought to be thankful, and we ought to be grateful that this is the way it is. And as we study, let's apply ourselves to what we're doing today. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Thank you, Lord, for your word. I pray that you'll use this now for your glory and your honor. I pray that you'll be glorified and magnified. And, Lord, your people and your children will be edified. And, Lord, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Let's go back to verse number 4. Verse number 4. I, I really, I really in, in, in before teaching and preaching out of this chapter, I never put 4 and 5 with 6 through 9. Uh, but for some reason, the Lord had me go back to it and read it again. And, and, and so we're going to try to do that as an intro to uh, the worry chapter, in the worry verses and dealing with worry. And this is what he said. And in, 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 in his introduction and in his, his, his commands or his uh, instructions for us for life, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And then he says this, just to reemphasize what he said, And again, I say rejoice. Now, I don't know about you, but there are times in my life when I don't feel like rejoicing. There are times in my life, there are situations in my life, there are conditions in my life, there are are things that I have gone through, there are things that I have faced that I did not feel like rejoicing. I did not feel like praise. I did not feel like singing. I did not feel like rejoicing in the Lord. Or just rejoicing in general. But the Bible says, rejoice in the Lord. Say it again. Always. That word means in every situation. In every issue, in every day, in every hour, in every place you find yourself in. What's he saying? If you're on the mountain, rejoice. If you're in the valley, rejoice. If you're in the good place, rejoice. If you're in the bad place, rejoice. If wherever you're at, he said, rejoice in the Lord. And the key to this, the key to this is not just to stop there at the word rejoice. Because if I was to tell you, rejoice in a tragedy, it'd be hard to do, nearly impossible to do. If I was to say rejoice because you're down in a valley. Now, if you've ever been down in the valley, you understand that is not a very rejoiceable time. It doesn't stop with rejoice. He said, rejoice in the Lord. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? There may be times that I may not be able to rejoice in my financial situation. But I can rejoice in the fact that he shall supply all my need. I can rejoice in the fact that the psalmist said this, I am old and I have been young, but I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Somebody say amen. I I may not be able to rejoice in my physical health. There may be times that I will go through a sickness. There may be a time when I will not be able to rejoice in my health But I can rejoice in the fact that He is my healer. I can rejoice in the fact that He is my creator. I can rejoice in the fact that He is my best friend. I may not be able to rejoice in the fact of my present earthly relationships. I may have every friend I have bail on me. I I may have family members turn their back on me. And I may not be able to rejoice in that. But I can rejoice in the fact that he said he would never leave me. He would never forsake me. I can rejoice in the fact that he said he would be a friend that sticketh closer than any brother. Do you see the difference in that? It's not just rejoicing in my circumstances. It's rejoicing in the Lord. It's rejoicing. Hey, I may not be able to rejoice in an unknown future. I don't know what in the world the election is going to do. I don't know what politics are going to do. I don't know what tomorrow holds. But I can rejoice in the fact that He is Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. I can rejoice in the fact that He's already been where I'm going. Say amen. Rejoice. In the Lord, always and again I say, rejoice. And then he says this. And this is the part that just had me just delirious today because I've never seen this because I've always heard it preached in a, in a, in a, in a different way. I, I want to say wrong way, but I've done it that way because I, I just I thought it meant something different. It says, let your moderation be known unto all men. For the Lord is at hand. I've heard it preached, and I've preached it before, you know, that, hey, this means, this means that you need to let people know who you are. Man, if you're a Christian, you ought to, people ought to know you're a Christian. You know, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Man, let know. That's not what that means. It has nothing to do. has nothing to do with that. say, so what does it mean? The word moderation, you look in your Webster's Dictionary. This is the only time this word's found in the whole Bible. So look it up in your Webster's Dictionary. Watch what it says. Watch what it says. This is amazing. It means calmness of mind. Calmness of mind. And it uses the word, another word I had to look up, equanimity. Now, if you did not have to look that up or you don't have to look that up, you a bad man is all I know. Equanimity. What does that word mean? This is what it means. It means an evenness of mind, an evenness of mind. Now, what is moderation? Not a lot, not a little. An equity, here's here's the point, an evenness of mind, no high, no low, just a calmness. Do you know what I've seen in a lot of Christians? They're either extremes one way or the other. One day they're either way up or one day they're way down. One day they're experiencing extreme faith and the other day they're experiencing extreme fear. If you don't believe me, get on Facebook. One day they're shouting the victory, the next day they're crying the blues. And and what does what does Paul say right here? Now you, you remember, you remember Paul is in prison. Paul is in a dank, dark prison, and he's saying rejoice in the Lord. Now watch. He's saying let your moderation, your calmness of spirit, look, your your calmness of mind, watch, watch what it says, to bear prosperity or adversity with moderation. In other words, if everything's going great, you're not in the clouds. And if everything's going bad, you're not in a hole. There is moderation. There is a calmness. There is an ability to withstand difficulty with a peace. Now, do you see why this verse goes right before? And be careful. Y'all get this. Come on, get with me, people. You see it? Can you see it now? Now watch this. Watch this. Facebook, Facebook gives you a view into the life of a lot of people. And you can you can watch you can watch Facebook and you can, you can almost put your pulse on the American people. What happened to Facebook when the FBI announced they're not going to indict Hillary? Think about it. <laughs> listen up, listen up. Think about it. People burnt Facebook up. Anytime something goes... Now watch, what, what did Paul say Christians should be? The last person that should have got on Facebook and burned it up over something is God's people. Why? It don't matter if Hillary gets in there or Trump gets in there. He's our king. Now watch, now watch. Now I'm not getting on to anybody. I don't know, oh no, he must have read my post. I know no names, okay? I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. Because I I have a tendency to do this. I have a tendency to watch Fox News and get so tore up. I just want to. God says, that's not the way we're supposed to be. Watch, watch. Let. Come on. Let God's people. Let God's people. Let your. Your easiness of mind, your tranquility, your peace, your your ability to sustain an evenness in the highs and the lows. Let your moderation be known, known, seen. Let your moderation be known unto. Now, who would that be? It would be the lost people. Now, think about this. If there is anything this lost world needs to see in the chaos of our world it's Christians who are. Not and not. Now, That is the way we're supposed to be. Now, if we was like most preachers today, we'd give an invitation and come tell Jesus how sorry we are. But thank God, Paul and Jesus won't just tell you what's wrong. They'll tell you what to do about it. You see, in these two verses... Rejoice the Lord always, and again I say rejoice, that's the way we're supposed to be. Now if we'd have been what and doing what Paul said, when the FBI said what they, they did, we, every Christian, every Christian in America should have got on Facebook and said, Well, praise the Lord, we have a king. According to that verse, right? Come on now, I got my own shout. That's right, preacher, that's it, hang in there, buddy, plow it. I don't need your shout, I brought mine. Am I right? He says, Rejoice Lord all way. No matter the election, no matter the economy, no matter what ISIS is doing, no matter what a you know, uh, 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 natural disaster, floods, famine, whatever it might be. That's the way we're supposed to be. And this is what the world is supposed to see, a moderation, a calmness a tranquility, people who's got it together. Let me tell you something. If this crazy world who don't know Jesus can't look at somebody and see that they've got it together and they're not freaking out over everything, who else are they going to turn to? Rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. Let your be known unto all men. Now watch. Now watch. This is so good. I used to think that the Lord is at hand. I've heard preachers down through the years, evangelists come in, and so I just took it up. That means the Lord is fixing to come back. yoo That's not what that means. That's not what that means. Let me show you what this means. Come here, Doc. This is what this means. All right, all right. Reach your hand out like you're reaching for something. All right? The Lord is at hand. Now, right now, I'm not at hand. I'm not at hand. I'm not within... Say it again. What does it mean to be at hand? It means to be within... Do you know what this verse says? You can rejoice even in a difficult time because at all times in your life, the Lord is within... Ho, 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 ho! In the valley, he is within. In the storm, he's within. When you don't know what to do, he's within. Oh, come on. Isn't that good? Now, now, now. Thank you, Doc. Good job. Watch. So, what do we do? Because I'll be honest with you. I'm not going to tell no lie. I haven't rejoiced always. I've complained sometimes. There's been times I felt sorry for myself. There's been times I worried so sick that I I, I got sick to my stomach, got ulcers and everything else, and I know y'all have never done that. Are y'all with me? Now, there's there's one thing to tell somebody to do something, but there's another thing to tell them how to do it. Now, Paul is telling us in those two verses what we're supposed to do and what we're supposed to be. But now he's going to say, now here's how you do it. Here's how you do it. He says, be careful. The word careful there means worry. It means anxious. It means anxiety. Be careful for nothing. You remember the the word uh, when, when Peter says this? Casting all your care upon him. For he careth for you. The word careth there is the word which means to to matter. In other words, it matters to him. The first word care means your anxiety. It means the things that make you anxious. The things that bother you. The things that make you afraid. The things that bring tears to your eyes. The things that keep you up at night. The things that wakes you up early in the morning where you can't sleep. He said, I want you to take all those cares and give them to me. Same word. Cast all your care. It's the same. It's the same. You remember when, when Jesus was talking to Martha? You remember when Jesus was talking to Martha? He said, you're coming about with much serving. You care about a lot of stuff. In other words, you're worried about all kinds of things. You're freaking out and you're worried about this stuff. Same thing. In, in this verse, what Paul is saying is don't worry. Don't be anxious. Man, I I print off a bunch of verses that deal with God and how He wants us to be. And and there are so many verses that talk about fearing not and being not afraid and take no thought for your life. What you shall eat or what you shall drink or what you shall wear. Listen, he, he, He says, don't worry. Don't worry. I got this. Be careful for... Come on, be careful for... Nothing. Now, if we... If we apply this and we interpret this verse the way it is written and the way God said it, He basically says, you shouldn't worry about anything. There should not be one single thing in your life that keeps you awake. There should not be one single thing in your life that causes you to have to take medicine for your nerves. There should not be one single thing in your life that you should worry about. Nothing. I don't want you to worry I promise you this, I promise you this. God would never give you a command without giving you the ability to do it. Don't worry about anything. Now, what do we take from that? There are three things we have to do. There are three things that it takes. We have to apply these, and we have to use them. We have to do it. I'm going to give you some medicine. I hope we can get through all of it, but I doubt that's going to happen. But you have to do it. You can't go to the doctor and get a prescription and not fill it and apply it. Are you with me? The first is this. Write this down. If you're taking notes, write this down. First, <clears throat> look what it says in verse, number, in verse number 6. He says, he says, be careful for nothing but in... But in Everything. That's the big things and the small things. Y'all with me? In everything by and with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So the first step to a worry-free life, the first step to winning the battle with worry is there's got to be correct praying. Correct Praying. Now, I need to deal with this because how many times you heard people say, well, just pray about it. Going through a difficult time and you hear, the it's just a cliche, and it's become a cliche because you've heard it so much because that's just what you say when you're going through a bad time. Well, I'll pray for you. And a lot of times, a lot of times, people say, well, I'll pray for you, and they don't because it's become a cliche. Well, I'm going to pray about it, and we don't. And OMG is not prayer, y'all. Y'all with me? There's a lot of times people come and say, Preacher, I need you to pray for such and such, and I'll stop right there, grab their shoulder and say, Let's pray. Because I don't want to later on forget about it and lie to them. I want to pray. Let's pray right then. Prayer, correct praying. Now, three things, write this down. Quick, let's do this quick. Uh. In, in, in praying the biblical way, and praying in a correct fashion, it has to be, first, first write this down, A, we fearfully adore. And I did this for alliteration purposes, so just live with it, okay? Fearfully adore. In other words, we respect, we come with reverence. What did Jesus say when they said, teach us to pray? He said, pray in this manner. In other words, use this format. This is, and this is not a formula. You don't just repeat and recite this as, as a secret formula. He said this is an outline. This is how you do it. In other words, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What is he saying? You come and recognize in reverence and honor and respect who it is that you're talking to. Before you ever ask for anything, you reverence who you're talking to. Before you ever bring your, your petition... You reverence who you're talking to. Hallowed be thy name. What did did they do in the book of Acts in chapter number 4? You remember when they were threatened and said, don't preach in Jesus' name anymore, and threatened them and sent them back? They came back and told the church, and this is what they did. This is how they began their prayer. Acts chapter 4, verse 24 says, And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord. Now, what's the first thing they said? Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. What were they doing? Before they ever asked God for boldness to preach, they said, God, you are God, you are creator, you are powerful, you've made everything that there is. And before we ever ask for what we're asking for, we're recognizing and realizing that you have the power to grant this wish. They were reverencing who it was they were talking to. And before we ever ask for anything, before we ever bring our petition, before we ever bring our request, we need to get on our knees and we need to honor and reverence and respect the God who we're praying to. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He is holy, he is righteous. He is perfectly pure. Listen, there are four beasts around His throne crying every single day of the week, every single hour of the day, every single minute of the hour, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. I'm telling you, we don't respect God, we don't reverence God, but the Bible says the beginning of wisdom and the beginning of knowledge is the fear of the Lord. And I think if we get back to reverencing and fearing God for who He is, a holy and a righteous god it would change the way we pray we need to reverence him and honor him and respect him come to him in reverence come to him in honor come to him in glory say amen Amen. then B, write this down we need to reverently and fearfully adore him but then there needs to be a fervent appeal fearfully adore and fervently appeal fervently appeal now watch this in james chapter number five in james chapter number five verse 16 it says confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much the effectual come on everybody the effectual fervent prayer fervent prayer that means intense That means with feeling behind it. That means with with emotion. Elias, he begins to explain. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on earth by the space of three years and six months. He prayed again. And the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit. What's the point? He stayed on his face before God till he got what he was praying for. Now I want to answer your question. And be honest. This is just a statement. This is just a statement that God put in my head when I was reading this and studying this. (laughs) Y'all ready? Are you praying as earnestly as you are worrying? Are you as fervent in your prayer and your request to God for whatever it is that you're worrying about? Are you as fervent in that as you are sitting up and worrying? Fervently pray. Earnestly pray. Don't, don't, uh, now lay me down to sleep and pray, Lord, my soul to keep it if I die before I... And When's the last time you called out to God in sincere, earnest prayer? When's was the last time you wept over the issue that you're bringing to him? What was, the, what was the, the, the parable that Jesus told about the widow who kept coming to the judge over and over because of her, her importunity? The judge granted her request, not because she was a good person or he was a good judge, because she wouldn't leave him alone. Let me tell you why some of us don't get our prayers answered. We quit too soon. Fervently. Effectual. Serious. Let's get. You know what? What's the, what's the, Let's get serious. I tell you what. I'd rather be fervent in my prayer than fervent in my worry. Because I've been fervent in my worry before, and it didn't accomplish nothing. Are y'all with me? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is this is that's why I want you to read the board. Our life. Our life is a constant battle and a constant struggle. Every day of your life, it is a a pull between and Now, look at the top of your notes. Look at the top of your notes. You see where it says worry? To be pulled, this is what the word means. When you study the word out, it means to be pulled in different directions. Our worry and our hopes pull us in one direction or the other. Our hope pulls one way, and our faith pulls one way, and our fear pulls the other. We're being pulled apart. The old English root for which we get our word worry means to... Have you ever felt that way? You ever worried so much to the point you couldn't breathe? I mean, it was just choking you to death. Why? Because your faith was pulling this way. And your fear was pulling this way. The devil was saying, you're not going to make it. And the Holy Spirit was saying, come on, you got this. The devil's saying, you're going to go down. And the Lord's saying, come on, come on. And there's this battle every day of your life between your fear and your faith. Now watch this. When we're living in fear, when we're living in fear, we're going to constantly But when we're living in faith, we're going, to, we're going to do what? Because, see, this is the difference. The opposite of worry is if we are worrying, that means we are not... Now, watch this. You remember when the disciples were in the ship and Jesus was asleep in the boat? How many of y'all remember that? You remember they came to him, We're going to die! We're going to die. Carest thou not that we perish? Jesus walks to the bow of the ship. Peace be still. He rebuked the wind. You know what he did? He turned around. All right. What was the cause of their? What was the cause of their worry? What was the cause of their fear? You think so? If it was the storm, Jesus would have turned around and said, You mean old storm. What are you doing scaring my children? That's not what he said. He turns around and he looks at his disciples and says, Why are you so? Why are you so? Where is your Now watch. What was he saying? The problem wasn't the storm. The problem was that they were not, because they had a lack of Your problem is not what you think your problem is. Your problem is not the financial bill. Your problem is not what the doctor said. Your problem is not the way your kids are acting. Your problem is not the way your family is treating you. The problem, if we are sitting in worry, is that we are not trusting in the providential care of our Lord. Y'all with me? So here's what we got to do. Here's what we got to do. I said that to say this. Our prayer does not need to be, God, take away the storm. Because if the storm is taken away, and we still don't do this, and we still don't have this, Something else is going to come. Does this make sense? So what do we need to do? Watch what it says. Watch what it says. Verse verse number number 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request. God, help us with our Because you see, the storm was just so that they could see where their faith level was. You see what you're going through? That idiot at work you've got to put up with? He may not be the problem. God may be using him as a tool so you can see what your problem is. If you get offended all the time, you know what the Bible says? Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. So you see, the people that you think is offending you that's causing the problem, it's not them that's got the problem, you got the problem. God's just using them to show you, you got a problem. Let your requests be made known unto God. Now, here's the key to those requests. You see, he uses two words, prayers and supplications. Prayer is talking to God. Everybody should talk to God on a regular basis, Amen even if it's just good morning. You see, all of, our, all of our communication with God should not always be gimme, 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 gimme. It should be, I praise you, I love you, you're awesome, you've been good to me, thank you, Lord, for your blessings, thank you, Lord, for... Y'all with me? Prayer is talking to God. So, he says, how are we going to fight worry? Through talking to God, watch this, watch this, Supplications means earnest requests. Be specific in what is worrying you. Prayers, talking to God, and supplications. That's earnest requests. In other words, if you're worrying, that means you're not talking to God enough. If you're worrying, you're not earnestly requesting Him to do something about the issue that's causing you to... So anytime you're worrying, you know, I need to head to the prayer closet. Because if I'm worrying, I'm not trusting. If I'm living in fear, my faith's got an issue, so I need to head to the prayer closet. Y'all with me? Now here's the key. Here's the key to that prayer. Here's the key to that prayer. Watch what he says. Write this down and see. He says this. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with with everybody say it all right write this down in in c write this down we need to faithfully appreciate all right never ask god for something without thanking him for something matter of fact always thank him first In other words, before you ever ask him for something, bring a list of something that he's already done. Watch this. Now, now this is not not necessarily because he needs it. It's primarily because he likes it. He likes praise. And he likes glory. Are you all with me? But that's not necessarily the reason you need to do it. Why do we need to do it? Because the more you thank him for what he's already done, that is a reminder to you that if he done it yesterday, he can do it today. If he solved that problem, he can solve this problem. If he met that need, he can meet this need. If he moved in that way, he can move in this way. If all oh, somebody say, "Amen. You want me to tell you what we do? We freak out and go to God and say, "Help!" We need to get better at our praying. We don't need to be haphazard with it. We need to get good at it. We need to have a plan. We can't just... You say, why? Because there is a way to get stuff from God. If you don't believe that, go to the Old Testament and see if God didn't have a detailed plan for how they were to come into His presence. Y'all with me? All right, got to pray. But we got to pray right. That's why I said correct praying. we got to come reverently. we got to come earnestly. we got to come with thanksgiving and appreciatively. I don't know if that's a word, but it sounded good. Amen. Are you all with me? Number two, hurry up. have got 16 minutes. That means we've got eight minutes a point. All right? There's got to be correct praying. If we're ever going to win the battle with worry, we've got to pray right. We've got to pray Right? Right? Secondly, there's got to be controlled thinking. Controlled thinking. Now this is big. The majority of Christians will tell you if you're worried about something, oh, just pray about it. But Paul said, nope, that's not all. How many of y'all, be honest, how many of y'all have had an issue in your life, worrying you to death, and you prayed about it, but you still worried? You can't raise your hand. You're lying! Tell the truth. It's just family tonight. It's all just us. You know, we can be honest with each other. There are many times I prayed and prayed and prayed, and I got up, and I was just as nervous when I got up as I went down. You know why? Because there's more to it. Paul didn't stop there. If that's all there was to it, he'd have quit right there. But he didn't. He said... Watch what the next verse says, verse 8, verse, verse 7, verse 8. Let's go to verse 8. I'll come back to verse 7 because I'm going to say something about that in a minute. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are and honest and just and pure and lovely and good report, virtue very every many praise. Now here's the key. What does he say? Come on, say it. Think on these things. Think on these things. Think on these things. Focus on these things. What happens? We get bad news, and we start focusing and thinking on the bad news. We start thinking on the what if. How many of y'all know that what ifs will drive you crazy? What could be? We get a message on our phone to call the doctor. And we got a hundred different scenarios go through our mind. And we stay up all night long and worried to death till we can call them the next morning to learn that they got our address wrong. <laughs> what happens when, when you take the test on Friday and said, we'll let you know on Monday? It's the worst weekend you ever have in your life. You know why? Because we think on what might be. What if? What could be, and have you ever noticed that we never think, we never think on that it could be nothing, or that it could be good? So, what does he say first? The first thing on the list. First thing on the list. Whatsoever things are, everybody say it. Whatsoever things are, in your notes, I want you to write this down. In controlled thinking, we have to have number one or a realistic thoughts or the importance. Of controlled thinking. Let me let me let me back up. I'm getting ahead of myself because I see my time. Good gracious, why is it why is why is it important? Why is it important to control our thinking? Three things. Three things. Write this down. I got to do this quick. Good gracious, we need some more time. All right. Because it is what we become. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If you think negative all the time, guess what you're going to be? If you think positive all the time, guess what you're going to be? You see why it's so important? Controlled thinking is very important. It is what we become. Number two, it is where we battle. The battle of fear and faith, worry and trust is in the mind. It's in the mind. That's why he said the peace of God will guard, stand guard, will keep your hearts and mind. Your heart is where you feel. Your mind is where you think. You with me? The word keep means to stand guard. Now, that is where the battle is. We think the battle is here. We think the battle is here. It's here. The battle is in our mind. All right, it's what we become. It's where we battle. Number three, it's who we believe. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians ten four: For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of who. In other words, in other words, are we going to believe what the devil's saying about the situation? or what jesus says our thoughts to the obedience of christ i'm telling you this is all this is all based on who we're going to believe are we going to believe the liar and the father of all lies or are we going to believe the prince of peace Does this make sense now, this is the importance of controlled thinking b the involvement of controlled thinking now see this is where it gets real practical how can we get better at controlling our thinking? I know what you think. You can't control your thoughts. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. There are, two, there are two inlets to your brain, your eyes and your ears. And you might not control what the brain does, but you can control what goes in it. Three things. Write this down. We can control the music we play. I know what you're thinking. Oh, you're going to, I'm telling you, music will affect how you feel. I was working in construction with some guys, and, and, and oh boy, he loved Delbert McClinton. He's a blues player. He's kind of cool too. But if you, you, you listen to that all the time, you're going to be depressed and need a drink. I'm telling you. I'm a preacher and they was heathens. And I'm telling you what, I needed to drink before they did. So I started coming to work early before they got there and I put some gospel CDs on and business picked up. Say amen. If you're worried all the time and you're, you're stressing all the time and you're depressed all the time, you might be listening to the wrong junk. You might need to get something upbeat. You might need to get something uplifting. You might need to get something encouraging and edifying, something that will bring the Spirit up and the Holy Spirit. Somebody say amen. amen. When you listen to good gospel music, you're hearing truth. He says, whatsoever things are true. true think on them things. Focus on them things. How do you do it? Put it in years. Amen? amen. The music we play. Number two, the material we preview. The material we preview. What does that mean? That's the stuff you watch on TV and the stuff on that stupid Facebook. If you wig out every time you get on it because of political junk, you need to turn it off. If you can't be like this right here, if you can't let your moderation be known unto all men because you're wigging out over junk you're seeing, turn the garbage off. Anyway, hurry, hurry. Then see or whatever number, what is it? That's right. That's what I said. Number three. <laughs> How about this? The men we prefer. The men, in other words, who are you hanging with? There was a person I knew that was just his family was pretty negative. Pretty negative. I'm talking all time negative. Doesn't matter. They'd, they 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 could win the lottery and gripe because they got to pay taxes on it. Just negative, negative, negative. Well, he was separated from them for a while. And he got out of that junk. And he actually became pretty enjoyable to hang around. Until Yeah. <laughs> Till he got back around them. And then guess what he went right back to? Being negative. Being negative. And that taught me something. That taught me something. Negativity doesn't have to be a permanent issue. And negativity can be combated by positivity. If you find yourself being negative all the time, you need to get around some positive people. And if the people that you keep getting around keeps bringing you down, you need to change your geography. Church, say amen. All right, quickly, quickly. That's how we can control it. See, we can control that. Right? Don't tell me you can't control your thinking because you can control the music you listen to, you can control the things that go in your ear, the things you read, the things you listen to, the things you watch. You can control the people you hang with. Right? So, if Jesus said the thought of foolishness is sin, if if you couldn't control your thoughts, then it would not be a sin because you could not do something about it. You with me? Watch. Watch. Where are we at? See! The input. The input. In other words, basically B is what we keep out. C is what we put in, right? The input of controlled thinking. A, realistic thoughts. He said, whatsoever things are true. Whatsoever things are, come on people, whatsoever things are true. Watch this. Dr. Walter Calvert (coughs) Calvert, reported a survey on worry that indicated that only 8% of the things people worried about were legitimate matters of concern. How many? Eight stinking percent. You with me? The other 92% were either or never or involved matters over which the people had no control anyway. You know what that tells me? Satan is a me Let me go over that percentage again. 92% 92% of the junk that keeps us awake is not even an issue. My sister called me one day. She was here and her daughter was down in Florida. I hope she's not in the room. She'll kill me. She called me and, and it was hysterical. I mean, I couldn't even hardly understand what she was saying. She was crying and just all upset. And where, I said, Hey! Stop a minute! I don't even know what you're saying. And boy, she went in them dry heaves. Y'all know when you're trying to. She said, "Shelby, Shelby, that's that's her that's her daughter." Said Shelby has tries to poison her stepmama, and now she's going to prison. I'm like, dear Lord. I mean, I didn't like the woman either, but poison. I mean, you know, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Come on, I got four minutes, y'all quit. And and I said, hold up, I, sa- I said, what? Wait a minute. What do you know? What do you know to be fact? So we know what to do. I mean, do we need to get a lawyer? Do we need what? What do we, What do you know to be fact? Well, I, I don't know. I said, well, is there somebody that you trust down there that you can call and get the real deal, find out what's going on? She said, "Yeah, yeah." I said, call them. Let's find out what is is a fact. We got to go down there. We'll go down there. Whatever we need to do, we'll just just call me back." So I'm sitting there waiting, and then I go to worry. So I'm starting in my head. I'm trying to go. All right, who do I know? What lawyer do I have? You know, what? What? what She calls back, calm as a cucumber. I said, "What's the deal?" She said, it was nothing." And then she explained what happened, and it was just a silly issue. And, and, but here's, here's my point. She heard something that wasn't even... And all she focused on was what was not even... So, so what happened? In the midst of this chaos, we had to calm down, get collected, and find out what was. Well, what, what, what about when you gotta wait on the news, when you gotta wait on the doctor to call? Well, here's the thing. When we don't know what's true yet, then we focus on what we do know. When we don't know what the doctor's gonna say, when we don't know what the bank is gonna say, when we don't know what the, the authority figure's gonna say that we're worried then we need to know that God can. We need to focus on Him. And what he can do, and that be our main focus, till we know different. Y'all with me? Needs to be realistic thoughts. Then be. What do we think on? Realistic thoughts. Then be. Righteous thoughts. Righteous thoughts. What does he say? Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure and lovely. Righteous thoughts. Where do we get righteous thoughts? From our Bible. From our music. He is is righteousness. Focus on Him. So how can we focus on Him? Spend some time talking to Him. Right? If He is peace, He is the Prince of Peace. Being in his presence is going to give us, ooh, right, righteous thoughts. Then see renewed thoughts, renewed thoughts. We've got to change the way we think. What does it say? I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that he present your bodies as a living sacrifice, hold and accept unto God which is a reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the... Renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. What does that mean? We've got to think spiritually and not carnally. And let me, let me give you quickly. I got a minute. You got to get to the third one. I'm not stopping here. Come on. Get, no, go to the next page. Quickly. How do, how do we get victory over worry? First, there's got to be what? Correct. Come on, everybody. Correct. Correct. Number two, there's got to be controlled. Number three, write this down. You're going to love this. There's got to be some clean living. You say, why is that important? Because the Bible says the righteous are bold as a lion, but the wicked flee when no man pursueth. You know when you've done something wrong, you're always... You know when you were a kid and you'd done something wrong, the last person you wanted to see was your dad pull up in the driveway. You know when you had a bad report card, you was but what was it when it was good? You may tell you why half of us are worrying all the time because we're living in a way we know we ain't supposed to. Say, so, where do you get? You got any Bible for that? Yeah, buddy, Look here. Watch this right here. And by the way, they took up my time so I get extra time. Look what it says. Verse 9, verse 9, I'm getting this from the Bible, watch, watch. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, what's that word? Do. Do. That's the word prazo. You know what it means? Practice. It means do right. Paul says if you do right, you'll be bold as a lion. If you're living right with God, God's going to give you boldness and confidence and you won't be, and you won't be, somebody say amen. amen. Now watch. Let me, uh, uh. All right, let me just give you those words, and then I'll, I'll, I'll finish. Promotion, performance, and promise. That's the three, A, B, and C. The promotion of clean living, the performance of clean living, and the promise of clean living. Let, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me give you the promise. Let me give you the promise. Watch this. Watch this. This is the promise. Dad, can you walk without that cane a minute? You good? Come up here a minute. Careful. All right, come down here. All right, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, we had hogs. Y'all with me? How many of y'all know what a hog is? Okay, you know what a pork chop is? Okay. That came from a hog, all right? Is everybody with me? Hogs. All right, the hog pen was a long way from the house. Okay, it was a long way from the house. Well, back then, you slopped the hogs. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? In other words, you take all the scraps from, from, from supper and dinner and you took him to the hog pen and slopped the hogs, all right? But the problem was, he wouldn't ever tell us to do that until it got dark. Now, when you're a little fella, darkness is terrible. I ain't never been afraid of the dark. It was the boogers in the dark. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? All right, so this is what Dad would do. This is what Dad would do. There's two things if we do this stuff. When it comes to worry, if we do this stuff, there's a promise that's given us in these verses. It says, "It says that uh, casting or, or 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 be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God." And the and the peace of God, which has all understanding, shall keep your hearts. The word "keep" there means to guard. Keep your hearts and your minds. Your mind is where you feel, Excuse me. Your heart's where you feel. Your mind is where you think. Right. You're feeling, you feel afraid. Your thoughts is when your brain's going 100 miles an hour thinking all the crazy stuff, right? That's what worry's all about. When you're worrying, your thoughts are going 100 miles an hour, you feel feeling, are you with me? The peace of God will guard, will stand guard. It's a military term. God's peace will stand guard over your mind and your heart. Wouldn't that be great? But then it says something else. That which you've seen and heard in me, do. And the, nope, and the God of peace will be with you. You see, first he said the peace of God, but then he said the God of peace. You say, what's the difference? Here's the difference Hogpen way over there. There were times that Dad would say, go slot them hogs, boys. We'd be afraid, scared to death. And this is what dad would say. We had a, a glass sliding door in the back of the house where you could see. He's, this is what he would say. He said, Son, I'm going to watch you from right here. Everything is going to be okay. I got my eyes on you. Now, what was that? That was the peace of God. That was an assurance from God that everything's going to be okay. Now, that's pretty good. For me to know, when I go out here, in case a booger comes, he's watching. And he can see me, and he promised everything's going to be all right. So that's pretty good, right? That's the peace of God. Yeah. But then there'd be times Dad said, Boys, y'all just want me to go with you? Yeah! What did he say? He's not just going to give you the peace of God. He said, the God of peace will be, yeah, are y'all with me, now how do we put all that together, whatever it is you're worried about, says, let your moderation, your equanimity, be known unto all men, for the Lord is at, that means he is within, yeah, ho, 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 Lord, bless them all. Help us all to practice this and do this so we won't worry no more. In Jesus' name and all God's people say it.